Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. My name is Jeffrey Zakarian, and you're listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian from iHeartRadio. In Four Courses, I'll be taking you along for the ride while I talk with the top talent of our time. In each conversation, I focus on four different areas from my guests' life and career. And during those four courses, I'm going to dig deep and uncover new insights and inspirations that we can all use to fuel ourselves to push forward. My guest for this episode is a celebrity chef and fellow Food Network host. He got his start with Network TV when he won his final season of Food Network Star. And he's known for his love and aptitude for great sandwiches. Without further delay, let's get into my conversation with the Sandwich King and my dear friend, Jeff Morrow. All right, what do you think? Are we ready? Like I say before every song, when the jewel bags play, let's f*** this up. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jeff Morrow, uh, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on Four Courses. It's about time. That's all I got to say to that. It's about time. For our first course, I wanted to ask Jeff about his childhood in Chicago, growing up as one of 15 cousins in a large Italian-American family. Ever the comedian, it turns out he delivered some of his earliest performances at the kids' dinner table. Let's go back to sort of, you're four and five, you're, you're in Illinois, and you're on, a, you're on the table. What is the first smell of food that you can sort of think that when you smell it, it's like in the furniture. You know that smell, right? Yeah. Oh, what I is know it that for smell. Because that smell was at my house, growing up at my grandma's house, at my aunt's house. And it's that like deep simmering red sauce. I mean, like cooked for a day, never saw the fridge, simmered and then delitted and then sat overnight and then simmered again. And it was Sunday and it was started early and its scent intensified with each hour as that sauce reduced <laughs> and became even more like sweet and tomatoey and fragrant. I mean, it's visceral. Like I smell that walking into my own house and if Sarah's making any tomato-based sauce and it's like, it brings me back to those meals every Sunday in my grandma Kay's and Pa's, my grandpa Joe's house, the same house my mom grew up in a two bedroom, four kids, two adults, no basement, no upper stairs, just two bedrooms and every piece of furniture covered in plastic. And that's not even a joke. So there's nowhere comfortable to sit except around the table. And there'd be 18, you know, the kids would be in the kitchen at the little nook table, the, the formica top and the built-in booth. And we like eight of us would squeeze there and all the adults and whoever older kids would squeeze around the table. And it would be the same menu, sausage, 
meatballs, gravy, mastacholi, salad, and you know, CK Fortissimo jugs of wine. And and I remember it takes me back there, man. It was like the greatest gift I ever got were those times every Sunday. You know, my my mom has three siblings. Everybody had four kids and we're all in the same. So there's 16 first cut. Well, fit, you know, my uncle had three kids. It's easier to say the other way. He was a slacker, right? He only had three. Yeah, three, yeah. Right. Uh, from two different marriages. So he, you know, he was a wild child. He was doing but, the best he could. You know, he, <laughs> exactly. I mean, give him a break. I know, right? Three <laughs> slacker. So I have all these cousins that I'm extremely close with. Like my cousin Joe's coming over for his Friday beer with me on the front porch at four o'clock, you know? So, and it all centered around that, not only the food, but that smell, that particular smell. How did it work to, uh, was there like a, an attendant that would like help someone get in and out of the bathroom? I mean, you have, how many bathrooms do you have for all those people? Oh, in my, in my grandparents' house? Yeah. One, one bathroom. How'd that work? One. Yeah, there was a guy there. He, was, he had dentine, <laughs> he had Listerine, he had a, some, a couple packs of light cigarettes, uh, you know, some fart spray, all that uh, stuff. You, you, you threw him a buck or a saw buck if you had a good week and you need to be on your way. <laughs> no, I remember. I mean, like sometimes after dinner, yeah, there was a line I'm out the door. I'm just saying, I mean, I, you know, that's <laughs> it's very important. I never thought about that. I mean, to me, it was always like the bed situation for my mom growing up in that house. The bathroom was the real issue, I think, now that I think about it. Real issue, right? And we're like, if we don't have like two bathrooms or three bathrooms, we freak out, right? It's like, it's not possible. Oh my God. I mean, there's literally three showers in my house that have never been used. <laughs> That's what happens if you're an international television star. Do you store, do you store all your podcast equipment in one shower like we do here? And uh, it's so much crap where you get all this recording stuff. Where does it go? You know, it's like a mess. Well, you could see my room from here. I, I can mean, see this thing it. is like, I don't know, 15 by 18, this room. It's not big. And I have all the instruments for my band, all my instruments. Lorenzo's right next door. I don't know, man. You just with, with the space, I guess it's in my blood to be resourceful like that. You're, right? you're very resourceful. You I, I love the sauce smell. I think that in my house, I can tell you that this, there was similar smells, but it was mostly onions and lentils and lamb. And I swear it turned the, the wallpaper a different shade of color over 30 or 40 years. <laughs> So it's green because lentils. Because fat, you know, the fat that comes out, it just, it, it comes out in a mist, right? And it has to go somewhere. Yeah, and there was no like high-powered uh, external exhaust fans blowing in those kitchens, right? No, I mean, they that, blew it back in. It went up and then blew right in your face. It was <laughs> exactly. like, what was, what? <laughs> Wait, you, so if you, you had glasses on, you couldn't see what you're cooking in the first five minutes. Oh, I remember I'd like go to parties and stuff. I just, you know, I'd have that big garlic smell and the sauce smell mm. on me. And I'd I just try to right dance now. with young ladies. And they're like, you smell like Italian's foods. Well, you seem to have gotten a, a real dose of food in the way that I think that most people in this business have. They really get it from the, the ancestors. They get it from being around it so much they don't even know they're getting it. But then somehow... You got the acting bug and you decided like, this might not be what you want to do. You wanted to, you were doing something else. What yeah. happened? Well, the power of food was right from, yeah. it was like stupid how, how noticeable it was, right? I mean, like, oh, right then there. Around, boom, right there, young, we're eating, we're, you know, every celebration revolved around trays of food, right? Home cooked meals, eating, chewing, smiling, laughing. But what I love, like my first stage was not the stage. It was those tables. And I had a lot of cousins, a lot of siblings, a lot of loud people, hard to get attention. Mm -hmm. I can be mean, I could be loud, or I could be funny. And for me, it was like, that's what developed that muscle early on. And that, you know, kind of uh, zest for performance was like, this is my venue. I'm like, I'm... I learn, you know, I get a laugh from the uncle and I get a laugh from the other uncle who's harder to make laugh. And then you're like, I got a shtick, I got a routine. And this is, I love this. Like, I love being, and then you get invited to the adult table a little more. You know, yeah. I'd work the, you know, I, I, I cut my teeth at the kid's table and then I, I, I you know, I'd get the, uh, I get the bump up to the adult table after a couple of years and maybe get a little nip of wine and uh, work a cigar and work the room. <laughs> but I'll never forget like, one of like the most defining moments, I was my grandpa's funeral, right? It was the luncheon, which the I luncheon. learned from a young age. That was like, that was my zone. That's the funeral the luncheon, I, oh. I killed. Never met a funeral luncheon where I didn't crush. And in my uncle's, that was back when Andrew Dice Clay was popular. And we used oh, to, I you know, him. my brother would have a, 
a oh. tape of a tape of a tape that was, we couldn't let your parents because of all the swearing raunchy, and the yeah. raunchy humor, right? Super rated R, especially for like a sixth grade, but we would like put in our cassette players, our, our Walkmans, and we'd like ride our bikes. And I memorized everything. So my dad <laughs> and my uncles, they pull me in the room, like the side room, right? And they'd be like, go ahead. I'm like, what, dad? He's like, He's like, give me, you know, give him a cigarette, unlit, right? And give me a, like, go ahead, do the, do the dice. <laughs> and I'd sit there and I'd be like, Mickory, Dickory, Doc, Why do you always make me laugh? And I'm like, and I would do that in the sixth grade. I'd be, you know, a 10 years old. In like not no ants in sight, not my mom, nobody. Cause it is, and it, my dad like gave me the, the swear it. nod, like you can swear. And oh I mean, from God. that moment on, I was like, done. This is what I do. That is fantastic. And I, I know like oh, the Andrew Dice was, uh, I would say the Dave Chappelle of his time. Yeah. Right? He was just, I mean, maybe not as like cerebral, but yeah. super controversial. Where to the point was, I mean, like you know, I mean, pretty misogynistic in yeah, uh, all the all the things that uh, you know we're growing, getting past Jeffrey. But it's, uh, I mean, well, maybe that's why, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why humor geared towards the sixth to eighth graders. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really it. I mean, I, those ten year old, you're a ten year old, you're a comic. I think you're loving the feedback. That feedback is everything. When mm-hmm. someone laughs at a joke, it's like someone cooking a dinner and mm-hmm. saying this is the least, and they clean their plate, and you're like, just, you just want to do more and more and more and more. Right? It's hard to get to that point, you know, right? Like, it's hard to yeah. gain the skills and experience to put a plate of food out there that people want to sop up, you know, with the last bit of table bread. Uh, it's hard to get a routine in or whatever, the confidence to talk to a room of three people or 300 people. But man, once you get there and, and you get the instant feedback and the response, you know, a laugh and a smile is the same as like a mmm in a chew. So now you're on stage, you're in high school and you're performing. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. I went to a high school, a big, very diverse, very just intense high school with a, a pretty amazing pedigree. You know, we've had Actors, comedians, uh, Ray Kroc went to my high school. Ernest Hemingway went to my high school. You know, it's very historic, and it's kind of right on, on, on just the beginning of the western suburbs of yep. Chicago, so shares a border with the city. So you get this immense diversity, and I, it's a big place to go to a freshman, and you just get chewed up if you don't have a pair on you or some confidence. I mean, there's four floors. People throw pennies at you. It's terrible. So <laughs> I found, I, I was like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do like all the theater, right? And so you get cast as a little bit part or whatever. But I worked up pretty quickly and that kind of gave you a safe space. I wasn't necessarily like a theater kid in high school, but I loved performing. Like I didn't really hang out with the theater kids. I'm not like disparaging the theater kids, but if you went to <laughs> you high are. school- you know, if you want, listen, they, they, they did their own thing. And there were the true kids out there that were in it for that moment on stage, the art form. But, you know, for me, it was, I wanted the laughs. I wanted the comic roles. I wanted the accents, all that stuff. It's just, I guess I'm lucky for having that such a young exposure. Even before that, my parents driving me to downtown to go to the Second City Youth Programs and learn improv from third grade on. You know, my dad saw me on stage at a, a third grade play. That's my son. That's my that's, son. Well, you know, my dad, if, if you met Gus, like you think like this is the father that's going to throw his kids into wrestling and football because nope. we're big kids. The minute he saw me on stage in that, you know, whatever crappy third grade play and I came out playing King George the Fourth with a spot on British accent in a cape on and a, in a crown, he was like, this kid, we're, we're going to push this, you know, we're going to support it. Anything stage-wise that would throw me into Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. In our second course, I had to understand how Jeff's love for the performance translated into a career not just on the stage, but in the kitchen. He studied radio and television at Bradley University, where he actually began working behind the scenes. I didn't do like any on-camera stuff there, nothing. It was all editing, you know, shooting Lighting, sound, editing. And I was like more editing focused because it was a small program, but we had the brand new building they built. But a very old school news guy who like wore a scarf, you know, like a handkerchief <laughs> scarf and like a cowboy hat, but he was from nowhere in the West. He kind of taught us like how to edit well. So that's one skill I've really utilized in this stage in my life is like how to edit video because we do it all the time on social media for yeah. these, these reels. And all these things, it helps to have a, a background knowledge. But I would, you know, you do all the prerequisites. I get C's and everything, and I crush the television stuff because I, you'd sit in an editing bay, you shoot the video, you do the news packages for the Bradley News program, and you were like the shooter and the editor. And I just like, I don't even want to shoot anymore. I just want to edit the video. I mean, I'd sit in a booth for like eight hours a day. You know, you smoke a little tabit, you drink a little brakalut, the next thing you know, it's uh, midnight and you got the whole thing done. <laughs> but I was also in a band my, my entire four years. We were called Brother Ron. Brother and Ron. we were the only band on campus. Why? And it was a, so it, weird. Because it's only like 6,500 kids and it was in downtown Peoria, which was like full of bars. So there was Peoria bands, but we were the only Bradley band. We were the house band at the biggest bar every Wednesday and we play all the other bars on the weekends. So I never had to ask my, you know, like my parents, like I made my own money 
playing in a band. We rehearsed in the basement of the fraternity and we played covers. We had maybe about a dozen original songs that nobody really cared about. <laughs> but we had, of course, they wanted to hear, you know, more Rolling Stones, Dave Matthews Band. And, and I was a full-time steward for the fraternity to make my room and board. So we ran the kitchen, did all the, there was a, you know, a chef, quote unquote chef, that would cook for the fraternity guys. And I would do all the shopping, cleaning, lay out the food, make sure it was cleaned up after everything. And I loved it because I, you know, I worked in delis way, you know, throughout high school and butcher shops and all that. So I was like, I'll pay for my board, room and board. So 2000, you graduated and then came along a little musical called uh, Tony and Tina's Weddings. So how did that happen and how, I mean, that was a big deal. It was a big deal. How did that, how did they get to you? They do like auditions or do they go around to musical theater? Yeah. How did they do that? Well, it's really not a musical. It was dinner theater more like improv, full immersion, Italian-American wedding, right? We didn't sing, but there was like, not like choreographed dancing. You know, most of it was improv. There were choreographed moments, but I started out in it because when I graduated college, right, I had this beautiful radio and television degree from a liberal arts college that, you know, I paid off student loans till I was, you know, 32. My parents helped out, of course, probably Gus and Pam watching like, he didn't pay anything. But like, you know, (laughs) the old fashioned way. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm looking for a job in TV. And my cousin, Dave, he was a chef in the city for whatever, train was executive chef. He's like, I want to get, I want to open a deli. Come on board with me. I know, you know, you've worked in delis, blah, blah, blah. You're creative. So next day we're ripping out carpet, painting the walls, doing everything. I'm building the menu from scratch. We're ordering all the meats and the veg and fucking opening up. And then that same week we open, my dad's like, hey, I met the producer of Tony and Tina's wedding. Do you want an audition? My dad was tremendous in helping me throughout my career as far as like setting up a stage for me, right? Like giving, supporting me, both him and my mom, not just my old man. So I'm like, yeah. So my dad's like, I'll line it up. And I'm like, but I've never seen the show. I don't know what I'm auditioning. He's like, oh, we'll go. I'll get his tickets too. So the irony is I went and auditioned on a Friday night. I was with Sarah back then too. So I was 21. I remember she came along. It's like the second time she met my family. And I go to this room and it's a wedding hall. I mean, it is a banquet that holds 350 people, right? And there's a chapel next door, like a full chapel with pews and stained glass and a pulpit and all that stuff. And I go audition right before they go on, like an hour or two. And I see the cast members kind of walk in and then he cleared this thing. And the director, Joey Tomaska, his brother, Anthony's brother, goes, all right, let's do some improv. You know, he's like, hey, kind of like a Ray Liotta type guy, you know, he's like real tough guy. Uh, let's see what you got. I'm like, oh, I'm scared shitless. And they brought in some of the cast members and we did like an hour of improv. And here I am auditioning for an Italian wedding, something I've been to 4,000 times in my life, a full-blooded Italian-American Chicago. So I'm playing in a Chicago Italian-American. I nailed it. They hired me right there. And then like they open the doors and my family comes in and we sit down and then we watch the show. It was awesome. But wow. I started as a waiter for, I don't know, six months. So we had to create our own character and stick with it and serve the food because it was dinner and a sausage salad, pasta and bread. And then finally he's like, okay, now you can be a groomsman, you know? And then he's like, okay, now you can be the best man. So it took me a couple of years, but then I finally made it up to Tony after he made me lose weight. And he said that he's like, you lose 20, 25 pounds. You could be Tony. And I lost like 30. So what was, was, was there a script? There were moments, there were beats in the show that there were lines, right? At the end, in the church, there were lines. And then the live band, live dancing, drinks, two bars. People were hammered, right? Everybody offering you drugs. Every, it was crazy. It was like, like when you hear about like SNL back in the day, you know what I mean? Or like Second City back yeah. in the day. Because we were in the same building with Second City. So we'd see the Second City people and they turn their nose up at us, but we're like, screw you, yeah. we're getting paid. You know, I didn't make much. At the, at the end, I was making like 68 bucks a show, being the lead of the show. But I did that for four years in- uh, Four years? Four years, seven shows a week. Matinees- That's exhausting. Uh, Every other Wednesday was a daytime matinee for the blue-haired crew. They'd bust them in from all like the, the old folks' home. And it was so horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, it's a raucous, <laughs> drunk, you know, it's supposed to be lively. And when you have, you know, 172 90-year-olds watching you, I mean, like, where's the coffee? Why is there no coffee? <laughs> it's kind of a ballsy premise to serve dinner and make that the show. It's kind of like fantastic at the same time. That's kind of hard because every time... 
you don't know what to expect. The crowd could be like into it. The crowd could be not into it. The crowd could drink too much. They could like, it's like, how does that work? How do you gather feedback from something that's so like live all the time? Right? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, you know, every night was different. There were countless people too who thought it was a real wedding. Like that were kind of duped into it. And we were not, we would be fined if we broke character. Like we would get in severe trouble if they saw us talking to a family. Even if we knew them, we had to stay in character. So we would do table work. So I think the greatest skill I got from that was working any room, anywhere. Yep. I love that. When we're at a, a, a live demo for a corporate audience or at a food festival for a drunken audience, whatever. It's, they're all different rooms. So I had to go to each table, work the table, make them laugh, boom, 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 onto the next table. Night after night, 36 tables. That's incredible. So what, what did you do during the day? I worked at the deli. So I worked a full day at the deli. I get there six in the morning, prep, make soup, make sauces, then make sandwiches, do the caterings, have all the people come in, serve them, boom, I get in the car, go home, shower up, put on the white tux and go to Tony and Tina's wedding till 11 o'clock every night, every weekend. But it was a very successful play. Mm-hmm. Like we were doing, I was there when 9-11 happened and that had a bit, you know, it kind of dropped off some of that mm-hmm. uh, crowd. But before that, I mean, you do 350 a night, which is a lot. That's very impressive. I didn't know it was for four years. It's exhausting. I mean, if I was, you know, I was 21, 22, yeah. 23, 24. I mean, if I was 44, I'd be very, very tired. Back then it was like, okay, I like what I'm doing during the day. I'm very fulfilled. I'm working in a deli. I'm slicing meat. I'm talking to customers all day. And then I go get to be a professional comedian at night. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm making it. I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like I was living the dream, but I just wasn't making any money at anything. I mean, and that's, you well, can't. you're not expected to in your twenties. No. I mean, so you so you said, okay, I'm gonna take, I'm taking Tony, I'm taking the salami, and I'm going to L.A. Exactly, and it's you, exactly what I had in my car. You wanted to do your own show, so tell me about that show and how did that, how did that come about? Well, my cousin, who supported uh, you, so Sarah did, of course, because she's a nurse, so she got a, a nursing oh. contract job that moved us across the country and put us in a what fresh a good place. Woman. Of course, right? We were engaged at the time and I'm like, let's do this move. And she was, she supported it. But my cousin, Joe Ballerini, who is a uh, very successful screenwriter, filmmaker, we're the same age. Like, so I was 24, right? Making 68 bucks in a show, making $30 a day at the deli. And he's like selling scripts for like 600 grand. And I'm like, (laughs) holy, and he's like, come on out. We can do something. I'm like, dude, are you sure? He's like, no, come and visit. We'll shoot a pilot. We'll do the food pilot and we'll start pitching around. He's like, I got contacts. I'm crushing it. So I was like, okay. So I mean, the night I moved, Sarah and I moved, right? And we're out with Joe. He introduced me to my buddy, my first friend out there, who is his friend. He went to USC film school with Ali Khan. Yeah, sure. Ali, I know. So Ali and I became fast friends and we're like, let's do this thing. We're going to shoot these wild gonzo parties in the hills at my cousin Joe's house in the hills and we'll edit them and we'll put some music and we'll put it on YouTube. And that YouTube was like non-existent then. And then we'll pitch it to networks and production companies and we'll get a deal and we'll make it. And we did that. We did all that for three years. And we had Chef Jeff and Ali. We had a couple sizzles. We had a pilot. We shot a pilot that we never saw with the production company. We had representation from UTA, which is a big agency Amazing. out there. We were in rooms with Spike TV, MTV. We were never yeah. in Food Network, okay? <laughs> they probably like looked at these two <laughs> schlubs and was like, nope, this is not our demographic. But we hustled it, man. We did everything all the while. I was, I was in the Groundlings doing improv all the way up to the writing lab, getting on stage there, writing and producing my own sketch comedy shows with all my other friends that moved in comics from Chicago. We were called the Beef Stand. And we just, we did all this and I was, it was just grind, grind. In no after no after no, like everything was a no, right? Every single thing, it was never a yes. And I was like, I'm sick of this. If I wanna be taken seriously, I need to go to culinary school. I need to take the food seriously. I'm working on the other chops. I need to work on these chops and meet myself in the middle. I'm never going to, I never wanted to be the best chef in the world. I never was going to be the funniest comic in the world, but I could be the funniest chef in the world. And if I stick on that, I'll create an angle. 
I'll do it with sandwiches and my love from the deli world. And so that's what I did. I, I rolled over. I said to Sarah, I'm going, let's go. I'm going to go enroll in that culinary school. It's called, um, it was a Cordon Bleu affiliate in Hollywood called the Kitchen Academy. It was a year program. And I worked full time, went to school every night for six hours. And you don't get out of there till midnight after cleaning for three. Like, that's what they don't tell you. You go to culinary school. You clean. You're cleaning mats. It's like, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like yelling at these kids, right? Because I'm in my mid twenties then and I'm really ready. I never gave a shit about school until I paid for it fully myself. And I was like, I'm getting A's, man. And I loved it. I mean, I loved every minute. I learned a ton and I sharpened those skills and I worked in restaurants. I staged, I did my externships. And by the time I was graduated, I auditioned for the first time for Food Network Star while in LA. And I got a callback, like my first callback. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. For our third course, I wanted to hear more about that callback, which was just the beginning of Jeff's journey to breaking through in the industry. Even though he eventually won season seven of Food Network Star, his first audition was for a spot on season four. 
Things seemed promising at first when the Food Network producer called Jeff back after his first audition with some good news. He's like, dude, you're a shoo-in. He's like, you got this. And I'm like, hey, man, I hate to break it to you, but I'm already scheduled to move back home in like six weeks or whatever. So he's like, hey, man, it's no problem. You can do this from anywhere. So we moved back home and I was like, I'm going to go home. My soul's going to be back in Chicago and I'm going to get the third call back and I'm going to get on the show. I did everything I could. And it was just like the cosmos being like, you just need to be where you are with your family, ready to start mm -hmm. your own family. You know, we were married at the time. We did mm -hmm. want to start a family, but it's hard to do out in LA if you don't have a pot to piss in. And then never got a call back, like never. A couple months went on and then it was December, which was like, I don't know, six months, five months after I moved back home and I got a call. And it was Jennifer Sullivan. She's like, they want to fly you out to New York next week for the final round of auditions in audition in Food Network Studios, Chelsea Market. I'm like, oh my God. Wow, that's when it was back then, yeah. I was like, I did it. I made it. I'm done. I made it, mom. I'm going to the big times. I got the call. So I went there. You know, I sat and waited in Chelsea Market next to the lobster place and that yes, waterfall right that. there. <laughs> chugging coffee, smelling wet lobster and seafood I for know, eight hours. I know, it was hours. terrible. It was terrible. That, that's a terrible corner. Oh, I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get the job? And I killed him. I swear I got a standing ovation. And that was the last one of the night. I missed my flight. So I got on the plane early next day. You know, it's like a connecting flight through Atlanta. They put me in a hotel in Queens. <laughs> 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 Only the finest, right? Only the finest. So I, but I, it was my first time in New York. For me, it was like, you know, my Mary Tyler Moore moment. I'm like taking a subway to Times Square and, and twirling about. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting. I mean, I waited by the phone for months. And then I finally called the, I had the number on my phone. She's like, yeah, we're sorry. Someone was, should have called you. You didn't make the show. And I was crushed. And then the next year I was like, let's give it a shot. So I threw in a video, nothing. Year after that, I'm like, I'll give it one more shot. Nothing. And then the fourth time I was like, I'm going to give it one more shot. And I remember I didn't tell Sarah, I was auditioning again, sending in a video, right? And Sarah's like, did you send in a, a video to, Food Network star this year. And I'm like, yeah, I did. She's like, well, we should have talked about this. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't know, man. I think this is it. I think this is the year. I'm like, ah, you don't know nothing about me. I only fail. You know, I'm like, I'm only, it's going to be another no. But by that time I was, a, I was running a cafe in a, a building. I was a private chef for a large mortgage company. So I'd feed three, 350 people a day. I had a couple people under me. It was an ideal job. I got paid decently, great hours, making sandwiches, slicing meat. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like my own deli, right? It's like no risk on my end. Yep. <laughs> it was perfect. I sent in the video and then I got a call back like a day later. It happened so quick. And then they're like, tomorrow we're putting you on a plane back to New York for the final rounds of auditioning. And then I went there and I did the whole thing. Background check. Have you ever... Smoke a prostitute. Have you, what drugs have you done? Have you ever <laughs> hit somebody? I'm like, yeah, I punched a guy a couple years ago. <laughs> Probably not listening. It was outside my cousin's restaurant, so it doesn't count. <laughs> it was scrubbed. <laughs> but before I got on that plane, she goes, you know you're going to make the show. You get on that plane, you're going to make that show, you're, and you're going to get on the show, and our lives are going to change forever. I'm like, oh, no way. She's right. And she was so right, because I got off that plane, and then it's all happened in like six days. It was so fast, right? All this pent up, energy for like it to happen so quick. And they're like, we're flying you out January 21st. I'll never forget the date. You're going to give up all your crap, all your phones, everything. And you're going to live in this house for two and a half months and you're going to do the show. And if you win, you win, you win this. If you don't, you can't say nothing for three months and blah, blah, blah. You know? So obviously I, I, I went and, and I ended up winning and the sandwich that's king. it. Sandwich King. Right. And I knew if I had a good point of view and that point of view was like, I was trying to carry it through all those other auditions. And I was like, this is it. In the moment I kind of like said it out loud, the first challenge, I think people were like, damn, I should have thought of that. <laughs> you know, that's when you know, cause nobody, nobody staked that claim yet. That was all mine. And nobody said, I'm the, I'm going to teach the fundamentals of culinaria through the artistry of sandwich creation. With a sense of humor. So in, in reality, you were, it was um, Tony and Tina's wedding, but for real. You were like working the tables every night and it was no problem. It sounds like it was the easiest thing you've ever done, really. I mean, because yeah. I know you. And it was like, I'm just going to make something up. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. 
So you won season seven, and how was that like? What was the prize, and what was the back? I don't remember what the prize was back then. Did they it was, give everyone would, your own no show? No cash, I'll tell you that much. It was it was a show. I, I got a, a six-episode season of Sandwich King that premiered. So the irony is, because of our NDA, we had to go back to work as normal. Like We couldn't quit our jobs. Mm-hmm. Of course, if we got fired, it was one thing, but especially since I won, they're like, you have to go back to work. You have to pretend everything is normal in your life. Right. I was like, I've been gone. People are going to think I was at rehab or the joint. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not from like a place where people are like, hmm, where were you? Oh, you went to, to the, the Kenny Bunkport for the summer? No. You know, did you winter in Palm Springs? No, I went, to, you know, it was like either rehab or prison. That's the only option. Especially so, from Chicago. <laughs> so people were like, where the hell did you go? I was like, oh. <laughs> so my excuse was, and it was the only thing, Johnny Improviser here, right? I was like, oh, I went to learn uh, a salumi crafting with Mario Batali in New York City. It may or may not have been filmed. I swear that's what I said, which I thought was pretty good considering like, it was like, oh, that sounds like pretty cool. And I can understand why he, he went to go do that for so long. But yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when it was finally announced, the cast was finally announced. It was like, okay, I can breathe. I can stop lying about this Fracacta, you know, Sulemaria uh, yeah. uh, adventure. But then for the next 13 weeks, everybody's like, did you win? Do you win this week? Do you go home this week? Come yeah. on, you can tell me. Come on, we know each other. Just tell me. You win? Yeah, I Come know. On. It's a lot of that. Just tell me. Oh, so much of that. And then by the end, I was like, I'm done. Like, I remember I was supposed to leave. My last day was on a Friday. The finale was on a Sunday of Food Network Star. I didn't make it past lunch on Thursday. I just walked out. The owner <laughs> screwed me, and he he told a local uh, news outlet, two of them, that I won already, and they interviewed me. And I spent my last day at work in a conference room with the company's legal team and the Food Network's legal team, threatening me with a lawsuit because I breached my NDA, which I didn't. Why would I? I mean, I made it that far. I'm not going to tell the guy in the last day that I won, especially the news. That team was not uh, taking it. Many, no, many, I same know, people I are Listen, still there. Just, I had the same issue with Iron Chef. It was six months. And it was like, really, you know, how do you contain that? It's glee. It's like you're static, right? You're like, wow. Or you're like, you don't even know what's going on. For our fourth and final course, I wanted to ask Jeff about his latest book and how he's passing time at home during the pandemic. But first, Jeff and I reflected on what it was like to launch The Kitchen which we co-host together along with Sonny Anderson, Alex Guanichelli, Katie Lee, and myself. Your wife was right. She said, you're going to do this. It's going to change our lives. And it did. Yep. And then you got a call for, uh, I think it was 2014 for the kitchen. Yeah, I remember. Jesus, man, that's almost know. 10 years. So we, I got the call. I was at the restaurant and I'm sitting there and I get this call. I'm like, oh my God, it's the network. And there's like, well, the network calling you is a double-edged sword, right? It's good or bad. It's it's good or bad. It's never like, how you doing? Let's talk. It's always like, why did you do this? Or here's a new job. So it's like, you never know what it's going to be or you're being fired or something. So I, and I, we auditioned for that show. And I remember I'm like, I had a feeling I was going to be in the show. You know what I mean? I've auditioned enough in my life for stuff. I knew when I get the job and I knew I got the job for this. And then they kind of told me that much. And I'm like, well, who else is in there? Like, oh, they're still piecing together a couple of the other ones. I'm like, well, who might be? And they're like, Sonny. I'm like, done. I go, perfect choice. Like, Katie, I'm like, oh, that'll be great. I didn't know her at the time. And then I was like, please. Because we auditioned together. Yes, we we, did. Jeffrey? Yes. I'm like, dude, it is a classic trope, right? It's the straight man, the funny man. It's been done because it works. Yeah. And it'll work in this format. In the network, I don't think, can. there's no natural pairing that works like that. Yeah, plus it's all new for them. They've never done this sort of thing. But man, I was so happy when it was like, they told me you were involved and that all happened on that call. And I was like, it was very nerve wracking because it was like, oh my God, what's my schedule going to be like now? How much am I going to be away from home? Is it going to be, am I going to be gone for a month? You know what I mean? Like that's like a whole nother, people don't realize, yeah, the work's great, but all my work takes me away from home. So that's like, you're excited, but you're also nervous because you have this family that depends on you. Like we got used to not going anywhere. It was awesome. And like <laughs> yeah, being at home, exactly. like you genuinely love your family. I love my family. I don't want to, yeah, you know, but it, really, it doesn't get easier. And I'll, I'll remember, I was, uh, remember auditioning with you. And I remember that Katie and I remember Marcella and I remember there were so many other characters. I think there were five or six auditions, which I was, I was on Chopped and I was like, 
oh, yeah, they're going to call me. Oh, yeah, I'm in, you know, and that was no. <laughs> you're not in. It's like, <laughs> you got auditioned. I'm like, I auditioned. I said, okay. I thought it was like, I thought it was like a, a, a look-see. Well, that was just stupid of me, but I, I also thought it was a fantastic group of people. And, you know, they, they, they got it right. I told Karen and I told Beth, our producer, the first time, uh, after the first show, I them, this is going to last a long time because I said it's authentic mm-hmm. and we don't even need it. We don't need the script. And we were like pissed that they'd have a script. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, we'll try get, this. Get the, give, us, give me the sandwich. We'll make it. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. We, we know what to do. And that's what today people don't realize about that show is there's really no script because we're all very authentic at what we do and don't know how to do. And I know the producers have to produce it and they have to get the beats in, but it's a very freewheeling show, which I think is why people like it because it makes you and everyone who has a personality, they can be themselves. And I think that's what you, you bring to the show, this sense of like freewheeling fun that you've learned your stuff and like going back to see what you did working Tony and Tina's and doing the deli and then, and then doing Sandwich King and now coming on and basically this must have been like a layup because it's like you're doing oh. one of six parts and like, oh, I, I got to rest for five parts. So this is easy. It really is. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not laziness. No. It's, it's the enjoyment of the give and take of an ensemble. Like to me, I was like, I, you know, I'm a perpetual class clown. You've been, you know, in quote unquote classrooms with me enough, Jeffrey, where you know I, I thrive in that space. And this was like, I'm getting paid to be a class clown. I mean, like literally, yeah. how would I, I, so, you know, I didn't want to mess it up. I, I wanted to do my part, be serious about the food, obviously. But at the end of the day, it's like the show gets better because we're all evolving along with it and growing and having children and families. Katie, you know, evolved to a marriage and then being a mother on her own and bringing on Alex is like this whole different viewpoint. I mean, it's, it's such a fun journey. And, you know, I, you know, I, I believe you're right. I, I concur with you that this show will last a very long time. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things you can't not watch it. You know, it's like Entourage or The Sopranos. The Sopranos <laughs> stop, they stop because they had to. If it didn't have to, it still would have been on. Yeah, because it's very topical and it's you, you relate to it, and that's why I think the show works. So you are here. This is 2021. You just published an, an incredible book, "Come On Over," which is I read it, and it's so you. And I think the first time I saw the jacket, you with the phone, and I was like, "This is so perfect." And I think that you know we used to rib you all the time because you know everybody had a book on the show. We I didn't have the, a book. You didn't have a book, and it was like so mean, but so funny. But uh, it makes so much sense. It's just perfect. Yeah, it, it it's a bear, man. It's, you know, I, I think why I didn't have a book until this year was the work involved. I mean, I was busy enough to I want to add more, like sitting down writing time, which is hard to find. And I knew I wanted to make it great. And I, there was nothing, when that title came to me, I was like, now I can write this book. I know what this book is going to be about, who's in a, an homage to and what recipes will be in there, and what stories. And it just flew out of me quickly. I mean, not quick. I mean, it takes two years from start to finish to get a book on the shelves from the inception of it. And I wrote this book. I mean, like the head notes, some are very lengthy, two pages long, which might be a little much, but I don't know. I, I wanted to get the stories. Now it's like you publish a book and you're like, A, I can make the next one even better because I know how to write a cookbook now. Mm-hmm. B, I have so many more recipes and stories that I want to put out there. So- I'm not saying I want, I mean, of course, what's better than a cookbook? Two cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening? What's, uh, what's on the horizon for you? I see you're surrounded by instruments. You're a very prolific musician. You love music. And on the set, you're always playing. Much of the chagrin of some of your co-hosts yeah, who need to listen like to you it. play the same fucking riff 400 times. I know, I'm so d- sorry. During well, the break. They had me in a separate room and then they moved my room <laughs> they temporarily, <moved> <laughs> they said, because I was so loud playing guitar. In singing. So I apologize. No, I'm but joking. It keeps me fresh. You know, when I can, part of my job, right, is to be quick, as quick as humanly possible on that show, right? Like mm-hmm. to come up with that zinger as quick as possible. I, I keep myself tight by playing the music in between. But yeah, I mean, I play every day. I have a band. They were just over yesterday. We were rehearsing and we play out. We've had, we had three gigs so far. I, I love it. And they're all guys that live blocks from me. It's a basement dad band, I call ourselves. All our sons are friends, by the way. They're all the same age. So we party together no matter what. We might as well play music. 
my motto in the house is, you know, we create something every day here, whether it's a podcast or a song or whatever, just use our creative spirit any way possible. And this just adds to that. And it makes me happy. It's my thing. We could talk all day because we, we always talk all day, but uh, it's <laughs> a pleasure to spend an hour with you. I, You're the best. You know, thank I love you. you too. You know, everybody listening, Jeffrey is my, everybody asks you, who's your, who's your greatest mentor? And I always answer you. And they're like, well, that's, you know, obviously you're just being nice. I was like, no, you're, you're somebody to most definitely to look up to. And I mean that. Thank you. Jeff, thank you for spending time. Have a fantastic afternoon and a great weekend, my man. Four courses. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian, a production of iHeartRadio and Corner Table Entertainment. Four Courses is created by Jeffrey Zakarian, Margaret Zakarian, Jared Keller, and Tara Halper. Our executive producer is Christopher Hesiotis. Four Courses is produced by Jonathan Hawes Dresler. Our research is conducted by Jesslyn Shields. Our talent booking is by Pamela Bauer at Dogtown Talent. This episode was edited and written by Priya Mahadevan and mixed by Joe Tisdall. Special thanks to Katie Fellman for help as recording engineer. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.